so that when they reach those ages, they've already seen people for who they are and not the color they are. It's not just a one and done. Hey, we're gonna talk the teacher's favorite F word free next in a way that you can build empathy with your kids. And now it's time for another edulicious episode of the Bentley Brothers Podcast, bringing you what's current and what works in education. Here are your hosts, Scott and Tim Bentley. Bentley Brothers, Bentley, Bentley Brothers, bringing education information like the mother. Bentley Brothers, yep. Bentley, Bentley Brothers, bringing education information like the mother. Yep. First name Bentley, last name Brothers, bringing education information like the Welcome mother. to the show. I'm Tim Bentley. I teach fifth grade in Southern California, a little podunk place called Lake Elsinore. And this is... Scott Bentley. I teach fourth and fifth grade combination class this year in Irvine, California, Tim. Yeah. So uh, welcome to the Bedley Brothers. We've got some very special guests with us today. But before we get to that, Scott, why don't you give our listeners a teaching tip? So my tip for today, Tim, is I started a hashtag. So if you're a teacher and you haven't started a hashtag yet, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like recently just really impassioned about poetry in my classroom. I have a lot of parents that come to me and just say, how do I build creativity? We're doing all this great STEM stuff already, but I want my kids to be creative, imaginative. I want them to, you know, and I, and so we did this, Tim, called hashtag emoetry. It's poetry with emojis. And it was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> It was fun. It wasn't the deep thinking poetry that everybody like thinks of when you think poetry. I want poetry to have that depth, but I also want it to be fun for my fourth and fifth grade kids. And so if you want to join in the, the movement of e- hashtag emoetry. How do you spell e- that, Scotty? That's E-M-O-E-T-R-Y. Did I spell it right? Yeah, emoetry. Um, then you will uh, just uh, have your kids write a poem, have them write it out in words first and then search for emojis that they can fill in. So it's a blend of um, uh, emojis and words and they're doing poetry and it's fun and and it's it's hooking them into poetry a little bit deeper and that's what it's about. It's not about serious poetry, it's about hooking them into the, the concept and the idea that poetry is important in our lives. That is a beautiful idea. I'll have to try that with my fifth graders. Woo. All right, so today we are gonna get uh, an opportunity to learn more about empathy and a really cool website to develop empathy called empatico.org. Org. Yes, empatico.org. And today we have Michael Dunley. Did I say it right, Michael? Yes, you did. Thank you. And Michelle Moore. I'm pretty sure I said that correctly. Yes, you did. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about these guys before we get started. Uh, Michael was a finalist for the New Jersey State Teacher of the Year in 2012. He currently teaches third grade uh, general ed class in rural, very rural, southern New Jersey. And we also have Michelle, who is an educator in the Tampa Bay area. She's been doing that for 11 years in a place called Hillsboro County Schools, which even though I've never heard of it, it is the nation's eighth largest school district. She specializes in professional development, STEM, and ELL, and both of these. In fact, I'm the only person here today that's not a connector. Or <laughs> I feel a little bit left out at this point in time. But welcome to the show, you guys. Thanks for having us. 
Thank you for having us. And applications are going to be open in January if you want to be in with the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have to do that. So uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about Empatico to get us started and what that's all about? Sure. I'm going to go ahead and start, if you don't mind, Michael, and I'll share kind of the company overview and mission. And then I would love for you to share from a teacher's perspective what it is for you. Um, and Patico basically is a nonprofit through the Kind Bar Foundation. And they really just want to make the world a little kinder by connecting millions of educators and children so they can see other communities, share their lives, and really learn more about themselves. Michael? So to echo what she was saying, is it's a free platform that is available. It's extremely easy to use. Uh, it's all uh, web-based, so there's nothing to download. Uh, in January of last year, I signed up as a user and was immediately partnered with another class and started to really uh, teach beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's very cool. Actually, I just signed up. I have yet to make my first connection, but we've been chatting and trying to set up a connection. It's so easy to use. You just basically go on and fill in uh, some basic information about yourself uh, at empatico.org. Then what you do is you fill in a schedule for your week with times that you're available to meet. And it takes into account your time zones, uh, the connectors, which we see right here with us today, match you up with another class where the times will work and are, uh, you know, go together. But somebody, I assume you're looking for someone that's not like right around the corner from us. Yeah, the algorithm actually has, I think it's a 300 mile distance uh, minimum so that you are guaranteed to have some form of a, a diverse experience. Right, that's that's cool. And then matched up, you get an email. Uh, you've got this interface, this this page where it's got a chat box in the right side and you can chat back and forth with the other teacher to set up your meetings. They've got uh, lesson plans on there for what to do with the other class when you meet with them. There's a, uh, a tool that's on the website for video conferencing so that you can you know, actually do the meetup with the other classroom. There's suggestions for how to uh, set up your, your camera with the, the students and best see the kids and the microphone. I mean, it's just got everything to connect with another classroom. It's a fantastic tool. Super low-hanging fruit. Hey, Michelle, could you tell the story behind Empatico? The story behind it is really what hooked me in to using the tool. Besides it being free and knowing that it's going to be a tool that's free forever, they're not going to switch. You know, some of the tech, new tech things that are out there, it's like a bait and switch. You like get it, your kids using it, you get used to the platform, and then boom, it's like a fourteen ninety five a month fee. But I know Empatico's story is very different, and it's coming from this real place of authenticity, which is why I really value it and why I'm using it. Yeah. So I don't know if the story I have is the same story you have, but I will share my story <laughs> of what I believe. Um, so I mentioned they wanted to make the world a little kinder, and they actually did some focus groups and realized that children between the ages of 7 to 11 haven't formed hard biases yet. So if we really want to build connections with other people and really want to teach empathy and strengthen the relationships between each other, we need to focus on that younger age group and help them build those skills. And one of the commitments they've made is to offer this software platform for virtual connections between classroom um, as free, and it will always remain free. 
So I love ed tech. I love a lot of the tools out there, but there's usually some gimmick or something they're trying to sell you um, to get you kind of hooked. And I was just really touched by the fact that they're committed to always being free and they really do just want to help people connect. So all the lesson plans that were mentioned are standards based, um, either NGSS, they have SDGs on there for sustainable developmental goals. And there are people creating these lesson plans that Empatico pays to create really well lesson plans. And they pay a lot of really smart techie people to code a platform that is reliable. So a lot of times the feedback we get is that the platform is really easy to use and that it, um, doesn't get pixelated, um, the internet connection, even if you don't have the strongest, tends to uphold well in the platform, which is really cool. So I just felt very passionate about sharing it because no one is trying to make money off of everyone. They really just want to connect people around the world and build empathy. So that's a great piece of information, but not the story that Mike's going to tell right <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> uh, I, for all those reasons that Michelle just mentioned are all valid and absolutely for sure. the reasons why I'm a, an, a, a diehard user, but why I've become an advocate where I really want to spread this and get others to come on is, is the story that led up to, I think, mm -hmm. the formation of it. And, and the CEO of the Kind Snack Company is Daniel Lebetsky. Um, and the story that really, as I think you're mentioning, Scott, was that his father was nine years old in World War II was ravaging Europe. And by the age of 12, he was in a concentration camp. Uh, he was uh, liberated from Dachau by an army uh, person from the United States. And so uh, the family was then relocated to Mexico, where Daniel and his brothers were born and raised as Jewish uh, boys living in Mexico. And I think a lot of the world, uh, the status of the world right now has really in, um, motivated him to try to make a, a major difference. And, and going with what Michelle said about the neuroscience, the young minds of children getting in there and having that chance to really create a space and an opportunity for children to interact with people who are different, let them form their biases off those connections and not stereotypes or what society might have already decided. Yeah, and Michelle, I love what you say. And Mike, that's what connected me as well. It was what said, like, this is coming from the right place and it's going to the place I want to take my kids. And so I'm, I'm definitely on board with uh, any tool that's doing that, and especially in Patico and, and seeing how it's impacting my class. Uh, Tim, I personally have connected with a class in Florida, and what was interesting is when we first connected, it was close to the time of uh, the recent hurricanes, and my kids were concerned for the other classmates down there. And then likewise, uh, the school that we connected with was interested in the California missions. And we had just taken a field trip to one of our local missions here. And so we were able to share that. We did a poetry exchange. It's just the, the kind of um, uh, like eye-opening epiphanies that kids have about other kids in different parts of the world is really powerful. And it's like, you know, I can't explain it as much as you got to experience it. You got to go sign up, like pause the podcast and go sign up right now yeah. because you're going to absolutely love this and how easy this tool is to use but what it does for your kids is the is the power behind it for sure it takes less than two minutes to sign up i timed it <laughs> did you yeah that's really awesome does. yeah for sure so uh I, i'm dying to hear some more stories can can you guys share even scott anybody about the kinds of things that have happened as a result of classrooms using this platform so i can i just jump in real quick um 
we were part of a fellowship with uh, Enstoy and Empatico. Enstoy is the National Network of State Teachers of the Year. And we were able to partner 10 classrooms with 10 other classrooms across the country. And um, my class, I co-teach, and Stacy Delaney and I are, are co-teachers. And we were partnered with Dr. Melissa Collins in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And my entire class were, were all white students, and her entire class were all black students. They were all children of color. And so it was really this amazing opportunity to take two groups of children who were completely lacking in diversity. And with all the, the levers in society that have led us to be a more segregated society than we've ever been before, we were able to use a tool like Empatico to bring them together. And we, we structured it where they became pen pals. They met each other online virtually. We gave them time each week to read to each other, to develop friendships between one to another, and then the whole class to the whole class. And it has just transformed everything that we do. And, uh, it's been remarkable the impact that it's had on both sets of students and teachers. Excellent. Uh, Michael, is there a specific student that you can think of their story and how it may have impacted them or what you've seen differently just in their, the way they're approaching life and, and, um, you know, yeah. looking at the, I had a student named Cassidy who went home and really uh, shared with her mother about the impact that it was having, because at the same time, we, we always have always told the story of Ruby Bridges the young girl in New Orleans who was um, uh, integrated into an all-white classroom, and that story was from the 50s. And she connected the dots and was like, you know, I can't believe that this story from the 50s is still happening. We're in an all-white classroom. So when we partnered her up with her friend Whitney in um, Dr. Collins' class, they got to know one another, they interviewed each other, and they wrote books about one another. And at the end, I asked Cassidy, what did you have in common with your, your friend? And she said, well, we both like to read and we both like gymnastics. And then I said, okay, well, what, what's different? And she said, well, our birthdays and the color. And I really thought that this was a moment when I might have that teachable moment where I can really talk about how we have more that's in common than it's different. And then she followed it with my favorite is teal and her favorite is pink. And so oh, yeah. in the minds of these seven-year-olds, the word color means crayon. Yeah. And, but by the time they hit 17, 18, 20, it no longer means crayon. It means skin color. And so this is the power of Empatico is to really change that so that when they reach those ages, they've already seen people for who they are and not the color they are. Mm. So I love that. What about you, Michelle? Uh, have you been using this with your students as well? I don't have students. I teach teachers, but I have a couple of my teachers that have signed up and I've um, been able to see their connections grow. Before I share about that, I just wanted to touch on what Michael said. Um, one of the things that really sticks out to me about Empatico that I love is the fact that students get to build meaningful relationships with other students. So there's a lot of tools out there that connect classrooms across the world. There's a lot of things that maybe you connect with someone one time and never meet that person again or never communicate with them again. And I think one of the unique things about Empatico is that it does give you a chance to really collaborate and learn from another class multiple times over a period of time. It's not just a one and done. And I think that's pretty powerful when it comes to that empathy building and perspective taking. So my one of my champions um, who really loved this tool signed up as soon as I shared with her about it is Nelani Valdez. And she has first graders from Tampa, Florida, and it's a highly Hispanic community. And they connected with a class from Vermont which was mostly all white Caucasian students, a little bit diverse. Um, 
high SES community versus a low Hispanic um, SES community. So it was interesting in the simple things that they were sharing, how those life differences already started showing. And I think it was really powerful and for our students to see what other people did. Um, like they talked about going hiking for recess which, you know, to us, we're in Florida, everything's flat. <laughs> um, so just really opening up their minds to the world that's out there. And one of the neatest projects that they ended up sharing was um, the class in Vermont went to the orchard picking apples and they got to share about their field trip. So we decided to share with them about picking oranges and we happen to be one of the largest producers of orange juice and we get to go to the Tropicana factory um, so it's really neat for them to feel like, wow, I get to teach you something about my community and my experiences are as valuable as yours, even though they may be very different. I, you know what, I'm going to share one of my students poems, if that's okay, Tim. Right on. So when we connected, we just wanted to share some poetry about our community, uh, to let the other, uh, students in Florida know about our community and my class is very diverse and the classroom in Florida is mostly Caucasian students so we got a chance to share some poetry to kind of give them some insight but this is one of the poems that I you know and and uh, I'm so proud of them I didn't give them a ton of guidance but it's it, she titled this in my community in my community <clears throat> I hear cars pass by the street and people chattering softly outside my window while I fall asleep I see the beautiful sunset at the beach and people finding perfect friends while having fun together. I taste the juicy tacos that my uncle makes outside in my backyard and the spicy salsa that my mom makes with chips. I smell the delicious pizza when I go to the Italian restaurants. I feel the warmth of my house when I get home from a long day and the hugs that my friends give me when I'm sad. This is a place that I call home. And so when when you see kids sharing like some of these things with other kids all of a sudden there's this deep connection that happens um they can relate to each other uh and, and you could take them further and do some really cool things and uh, i think these online connections are are vastly underused for how easy they are now um and uh you know it's it takes one computer on each side to do this it doesn't take a class set of ipads or Chromebooks or Surface, it doesn't take any of that. It takes two teachers willing to open up their classroom, even just a cell phone, right, Mike? Uh, even just a cell phone just to, to bring your class someplace around the world, which is, is awesome. This is so cool. I can't wait for next week and uh, get my kids started on this and connecting with a class in Kentucky. So that should be cool. All right, well, we're going to switch gears with you guys right now and play a little game, uh, lighten things up here after Scott got his crying. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> it, I mean, I teared up, dude. I, yeah, I know. Time, when these kids, like, yeah, share their hearts old, in different ways, it's just, pizza, like, boom, tacos. <laughs> crushes me. Yeah, yeah, it was the tacos that got me. Uh, <laughs> the, the onions and the lunch <laughs> <laughs> All righty, so uh, Michael and Michelle, we are going to play a little game with you right now. So um, you guys are the champions of empathy with students. And Michael lives in New Jersey. Uh, Michelle, I did not realize when I made the questions, I'm sorry, Michelle, that you were going to join us as well, which I'm super glad that you did. Uh, so today we're going to uh, actually talk to you about some laws that are on the books in New Jersey. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> that are not so empathetic, these laws that they've uh, 
they've made there. So today, this is the lighthearted part of the show, by the way. (laughs) Today, today we're going to ask you some questions about these New Jersey strange laws, and we're calling our little game Empathy, not for lawbreakers. So, Scott, why don't you tell our audience who uh, Michael and Michelle will be competing for today? Oh, Tim, and you and your titles. I love it. (laughs) Uh, Michael and Michelle, you're going to be competing for Scott Lipson, a principal in the Garden State. If you're able to answer two out of the three questions correctly, Scott, good name, Scott, will be awarded a free download of a ridiculously popular edge rock band, Rockin' the standards and scott get all your teachers signed up for empatico we need you (laughs) all right scott so the way we're going to do this today since there are two of you we're just going to have you have a little empathy join together teamwork Mm. so you can discuss your answer before you present it to us uh and then we'll let you know if you're right or not so here we go first time for the bedley brothers show to let the guests work together to we usually make them compete but this is great Tim. collaboration (laughs) Well, we got it. We got to do that today uh, with the theme and everything. So uh, here we go with your first question uh, about New Jersey laws. What must, number one, what must all motorists do before passing another car, bicyclist, skater, or even a skateboarder? Is it A, honk their horn, or is it B, flash their headlights, or is it C, wave? So believe this way. Is it this wave, Tim? You know the one in like the baseball game? Wave. Do the wave. Uh, Yeah. So believe it or not, one of these is a law in the state. I don't know if it's enforced or not, but you have to do these before you pass somebody. What do you guys think? Being from the Garden State, I think you left out an option. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's part of the wave. wave waving, and it involves our state bird. <laughs> no, I, I think um, Michelle, are you ready to take a guess or do you have a, an answer you're leaning towards? I have no idea, but if I had to pick, I would say maybe the lights flashing. I don't know. I was thinking the horn, but that would be pretty cruel to the person on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you guys think? It's your state. I think you need to decide. <laughs> uh, I would say the horn. Well, guess what? No matter what it does to the people on the bikes, that is crashing bicyclists. Do you do that, Michael, when you're driving around? Do you honk your horn before passing people? No, for fear of causing heart attacks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very empathetic. Thank you, Michael. (laughs) Uh, Number two, number two. Uh, It is illegal in New Jersey to wear a bulletproof vest. Wait, 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 just wait. Wait, wait, just just wait for it. A bulletproof vest while involved in another activity. What is this other activity? Is it A, driving your car, B, committing a murder, or C, working in a dining establishment? This is illegal. All right. I would think that the the rationale would be driving your car because it might interfere with your ability to drive the car. Um, What do you think, Michelle? It interfere with your ability to serve food as well. (laughs) I I mean, if we're going with logic and reasoning, I think Michael is 
Right. So I'm going to go with that. I mean, the whole killing thing is a real, (laughs) oh my gosh, these laws. (laughs) Hey, it's your state, you know. (laughs) So do you have an answer? Do you want to pick one of those? Michelle, I picked the last one. Why don't you pick this one? Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with while driving your car because it might impair your ability to drive the vehicle. Well, believe it or not, <laughs> it's illegal to wear a bulletproof vest while committing a murder. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my mind around that one. So, at what point will that charge actually even come up? <laughs> I don't know. Everything was good until we saw you were wearing the vest. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you're going to get uh, 15 to life for murder and then an additional one year for wearing a bulletproof vest. Right. I get. That is <laughs> oh, because we've got to be able to shoot you while you're committing uh, murder. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'd be interested to hear about how they've enforced that one as well. Our third and final question. Bernard's Township in New Jersey. Have you heard of this place? I have. Okay, okay. Well, they have a law on the books restricting what you can do with your face. (laughs) It doesn't shock me. (laughs) That kind of place. Okay. Which of the following is banned? Is it A, frowning? The town is known as a frown-free town zone. Is it B, staring at police officers? Bernard's views this as a threat. Or is it C? Smiling during funerals or memorial services. <laughs> oh, God. So one of those is actually true of Bernard's township in New Jersey. Is it so, the frowning, the staring at police officers, or the smiling? Oh, they're they a very nice town, let me tell you. They, they've, they're pretty affluent. Um, it's up there like in horse country, like Jackie O had a house out that way. Um, so I don't know that it could be the, the frowning and it's just that they, but then staring at the police, maybe that, I don't know, Michelle, what do you think? I was thinking if they're a very polite town, maybe smiling at a funeral would be inappropriate. <laughs> oh God, we're all over the, the answer choices. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why standardized tests don't work. <laughs> <laughs> You can talk yourself out of the right answer, right, Tim? That's right. It's always <laughs> good on the C, right? Isn't that the rule? <laughs> it's all on the line for this poor principal right now. Okay, um, so you've got frowning, staring at a police officer, or smiling at a funeral. I think if you get the right answer, you might smile a lot. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I think it's uh, <laughs> frowning. Frowning. Oh, that! How did you know? Yes. Correct. Bernard Township is known as a frown-free town zone. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? It's easy to not frown there. It's a really nice town. (laughs) If I lived there, I would definitely be smiling all the time too. (laughs) Uh, Like a movie or something. All right, Scott. So, how did uh, Michael and Michelle do today? Well, good job, Michael and Michelle. You got two out of three correct, and that's good enough to be a winner. Woo! Congratulations. You won absolutely nothing. But Scott, <laughs> he just won a free download of Rockin' the Standards album, Education Rock and Roll Music, second through sixth graders. I know Scott's going to do the right thing and give that to his teachers, as well as get him signed up for Empapco. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I sure hope so. So uh, can you guys give us, before uh, we sign off here in a couple of minutes, can you give our listeners a way, besides going to Empatico, that they can follow up with you? Do you have uh, Twitter accounts, you know, uh, emails? Some some of our guests are crazy enough to give out their email addresses on. And on cell here. phone numbers. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and their address and their blood type and yeah. social security number. <laughs> So uh, my Twitter is uh, Michael J. Dunley, D-U-N-L-E-A. It was before anyone told you about the characters. <laughs> All righty. And uh, Michelle? My Twitter is at Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, the number four, E-D-U. Awesome. Cool. All right. So uh, make sure you, you guys follow up, tweet at these guys, and tell, you, tell them how much you appreciate them teaching you about Empatico today. And I'm sure you will be doing that once you go sign up and connect with another classroom. It's so easy, it's free, it's amazing. And uh, Scott, why don't you tell our listeners, remind them a little bit about Global School Play Day. Can, yeah. uh, you know, talk about empathy. Talk about empathy building. That's what I was just about to say. If you haven't heard of it yet, you pr probably haven't listened to a podcast from us, but Global School Play Day is the first Wednesday of February every year. And it's coming up on this fifth year anniversary. In the first year, Tim, we thought there was going to be hopefully 10,000 kids playing. We got 66,000 kids playing just from tweeting out a small group of educators. This is a grassroots effort. Last year, in 2018, on the first Wednesday in February, Tim, we had kids from 58 nations and almost 400,000 kids where their teachers said, hey, we're going to give you this entire day. You get to plan it, unstructured play. And the power behind that is incredible, not only for what it brings to the kids, but and for me as a teacher to observe my students and be able to see how they're interacting with their peers, see them problem solving, it gave me direction on how I could actually build that empathy and problem solving. And all kinds of just different things that we value in our, our kids and in our society with them. So if you haven't signed up, registered, go register, it's free. All you're doing when you register is showing the world that you agree that unstructured playtime for kids is vital, and we hope you join in this effort. That's right. And social scientists have uh, talked about that studies and shown that one of the ways that kids develop empathy is through unstructured play. And because they're not doing that anymore, that's why we started this movement. Kids are just staring at screens. Their lives are overstructured and, and uh, you know planned out for them, and they never have time to make decisions on their own. And so we started this, uh, what, five years ago now, uh, just to, to bring play back to this generation of kids. And I have people ask me sometimes, uh, or challenge me more, um, why, why would you give up an entire, why would you waste, I love how they say that, why would you waste yeah. an entire school day to have your kids just play, just doing unstructured play? And my answer is that that's the only time that I can control really what kids are doing, and they don't play at home. So this is the time to show them what unstructured play is like because some of the kids don't even know what to do and they have to have time. The thing is, is if you only do it for an hour, which you're, you know, you can sign up and just do it for an hour, that's fine. But the thing is, is that the kids have to have time to get bored so that they can learn to get unbored mm -hmm. and learn to say, you know, oh man, this is so boring, what do we do? I mean, when we were kids, Scott, it was, you know, we ever told mom that we were way bored. back in the day. Yeah. What, what did mom tell us if we said that we were bored? 
go outside and do something. Yeah, or she give us something to do. Right? Yeah, work. Do. Yeah, here you exactly. can start cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And kids don't ever say they're bored anymore because all they have to do is jump on their iPad or something. You know. Right. So and, anyway. and we're definitely not against technology to oh. our high tech users, but we're we're also a, a big fan of balance. And that balance can come with that unstructured playtime and battery-free time is how we like to say it. For and, sure. Uh, sure. We're so thankful for the, the, t the so many of you that have been involved and signed up and shared. And we need you. This is a grassroots effort. Tim and I and Eric Sable and, you know, the, the group of us that have started this, we couldn't do it without all the people sharing the word out there about Global School Play Day. So thank you so much for your efforts in helping us make this happen. Absolutely. So, uh, Michael, Michelle, thank you again so much for, and I should be saying Michelle and Michael, but Michael is on my left here. <laughs> and I'm used to going left to right. Michelle and Michael, thank you so much again for joining us on today's show. Uh, and we hope that we end up with a ton of more Empatico users because of our uh, discussion today. And uh, love to have you guys back on again and, and talk about some more things that you guys are doing because I know that your your education knowledge goes well beyond just Empatico. How do you say it? Empatico? Empatico, okay. Depends on what part of the country you're from. It's true. Empatico, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Yeah, right on. All right, so thanks for uh, listening, everybody. But most of all, thanks for listening. My name is Rob Dad. Dad. So I could be one of those Bedley brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bedley brothers, Bedley, Bedley brothers, bringing education information like no other. Bedley brothers, Bedley, Bedley brothers.